Thanks for checking out this message from Radiant Life Church. Grab your Bible, a pad of paper, and a pen. Let's dive in. We may have memorized the the Lord's Prayer with uh, certain words. This morning, I'm asking for all of us to have common language. Okay? Don't worry, there'll be some more times of worship still in a moment, but um, so on the screen is the Lord's Prayer that we're going to read together. I pray that you would not have a rebellious spirit inside of you that wants to say trespasses. It's all right, that's the way I grew up on it, but unity in the Lord's Prayer together, shall we? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may have a seat. Man, God's good, isn't he? Come on. Um, Come on. Um, you guys heard about the Asbury University, right? The revival that's happening at Asbury University. <laughs> uh, do you mind turning on house lights real quick? Um, <clears throat> if you haven't heard of Asbury University's revival, Asbury University is a Christian college in Kentucky. And like most Christian college, you as a student have to, (laughs) I say have to, you do have to go to chapel, right? There's normally an attendance with chapel, oftentimes in Christian universities, if you do not meet the requirement for X number of chapels, you are graciously fined an amount of money, graciously, Um, So the students down in Asbury go to chapel like normal in the morning, 50-minute chapel. Most of them probably, I can speak for several of them because I went to a Christian college and went to chapels to just say I went and got my credit while I sat in the back corner and finished my homework before going to class. I'm sure some of them were of that persuasion, not all of them, but a 50-minute chapel has turned into, still today, as far as I know, meeting in worship and prayer. That would be like us meeting for service, and this service doesn't end for a week and a half. That's what the revival that's taking place down there. What's interesting is this. How do you know for sure it's the Spirit of God? You know what the chapel speaker said? 
I didn't even give a good message. That's what he said. He's like, that wasn't even my best. All I did, listen to this, he says, all I did was call students forward to the altar. And the presence of God met them and it stayed and lingered. The worship pastor from day one that led that worship time, that chapel that was only supposed to be 50 minutes, ended up leading before his replacement came for 10 hours leading the worship. How awesome is it that God is moving in college students and Lord willing, have a ripple effect in our churches today? How awesome is that? So praise God. There are those moments, as my brother said on the front row, the same spirits here. Man, may we not take for granted this presence of God, friends. The presence of God. Um, Oh, it's good to be back with you guys. Man, that worship was, that was good. That was good. That was good. Um, let's get the monkey off our back real quick, and the, let's just address the elephant in the room really quick, and then we're going to go. I understand it's almost noon. Okay? I understand that. As your pastor, I love you. Y'all know where the next sentence is going to go now. I love you. I do respect your time. But I know what the Lord wants to still do in and through this service. And I know maybe some of you have appointments or whatever. Would you just please, if you do leave, get up silently and exit? I mean, we're not going to be forever unless the Lord says be forever. Okay? Today, we've been talking throughout the series about the secret place and different spiritual habits to use in the secret place. This place where perhaps the secret place for you is a chair in your living room or kitchen or dining room or wherever it may be. The place to come under the protection of God is just a date with you and God, if you will. I mean, I've talked to several of you saying, for some of you, your secret place is actually in, and I don't mean this course in a coarse way, it is in the bathroom. That's where you and the Lord meet. That is great. You know why it's great? They have a place where they and the Lord meet. That's what matters. Let me ask you two questions. Do you have the secret place in your life? Do you have that? And I'm not asking you in the sense of, do you do this every day? Although that would be great. I think that's the end goal down here. Some of you aren't even close to that. Praise God, find one day and start doing this. Start one day. Don't start where you want to be. Start where you're actually at and get 1% better. That's achievable. Don't jump too far. Ultimately, I believe this is the place of overflow in your life. I believe this is the place, men, you want to be a better husband, a more godly friend to other men, this is the place that we're overflow. Ladies, same thing. You want to be a more godly wife, I think this is the overflow place for you in your life, is right here. It can look all differently for us as we're in different seasons, but are you hearing from God? Are you worshiping? Are you praying? This morning, we're going to talk briefly about prayer. And here's what I find fascinating about the practice of prayer. It's difficult Can I say that as your pastor? Prayer 
can be difficult. When I was hired to work in a church, I went to my very, very first staff meeting as the kids' pastor. I was terrified. I went in to the very first time, the first church that hired me, I went in, and here's my problem. I went into that staff meeting going, I've never prayed out loud in front of other pastors before. This, I know they're going to ask me to pray. Oh, God, please help me before I enter this meeting. And I go into this meeting, and the lead pastor goes first. And we're doing a staff prayer together. This is my very first time with pastors like praying like this. And I'm like, okay, that was a good prayer. That was a good prayer. I know the Lord heard his prayer, right? I mean, he's using good words. And then our worship slash youth pastor prayed. And I'm like, oh man, that one's good too. And we had pews back then. And I was laying in the pew hoping that they would maybe not see me. I mean, I'm laying flat still, like, oh, please, God, I don't want to pray out loud. Like, I don't want to pray out loud. Not in front of other pastors. And this is my first time. I don't even know these pastors. This is my first, second day on the job with these pastors. I don't even know them. And I, I, I said a prayer. I don't even know what I said. But I walked away going, man, I hope that impressed my lead pastor. Huh. I was trying to impress the wrong person. It no longer, my words weren't communing with the Father. I was worried about what would man think of me. And I'm a pastor? Wow. I know for a lot of us, we're all over the spectrum. And here's, here's a couple things that makes prayer difficult. You know why we say we think prayer's difficult? We have those people in our lives, and you and I know them. We call them prayer warriors, We will turn to them during times of need, right? This is why they're called prayer warriors. Here's the issue. We will always compare ourselves to their prayers. I can't pray like that. Or I don't pray like that. And then we have issues. You know, here's the dichotomy. The the paradox of prayer is this, this. We yearn for prayer and yet we hide from prayer. You yearn for it because you know it's the communion with the Father, but at the same time, you and I may hide from prayer because we think we're not good enough to pray. Or our words, did that even make sense, God? The words that were said? I don't know. God, do you think you would really hear me? We yearn, yet we hide. Here's another dichotomy. We are attracted to prayer, yet we're repelled by prayer. You and I are attracted because when we do get sick, we want to run and ask people, pray for me, please. There's an attraction to prayer. There's an innate desire to commune with the Father. It's the image of God that's within us. But at the same time, we're repelled because we're reminded of our sins. God, you... I know you know what it did. I don't feel worthy to talk to you. And at times we feel repelled by it. And oftentimes we come to God with a lot of tangled motives in our prayer. I know two instances where you may be today in your prayer life is sometimes you and I reach in our prayer life a chasm. The difficulty lies here is you and I realize we're not where we want to be in our prayer life. 
So it feels like there's a giant chasm to where we actually are, to where we want to be. And it may seem at times that chasm is overwhelming. Or maybe perhaps your prayer life and you feel like you're just in the desert. God, I have bruised knuckles and I keep knocking on heaven's door and there is no answer. Where are you, God? Where are you? How much longer should I pray this prayer? Do you care that I'm in the wilderness? Can I tell you, if you're in the wilderness, know this. The wilderness is meant to grow you. It's never meant to be permanent. Look at all the biblical characters. They all experience a wilderness. None stay there forever. Because listen, God uses the wilderness. And you know the issue with prayer? Here it is. God, take me out of this. You know what? You just made that prayer about you. God uses this. Perhaps the miracle is stay in the wilderness so I can teach you my character and something about you and what I have to teach you. The problem is you're praying away out of a miracle when I'm trying to keep you in the desert to show you the miracle I'm about to do. The problem with our prayer life is we made it all about us. We've made our faith about us, right? Heaven is a great place to go to. Heaven's not about you. Did you know that? Oh, he's preparing a house for me. Yeah, but he ain't asking you what decorations do you want. He's the renovator. You know why he wants you there? So you can bring him honor and glory. That's your purpose in life. That's why you're there. The greatest call to discipleship. Please hear this. Write this down. It's Mark 8. You know what Jesus says? Three things, deny yourself. Deny yourself is number one. Then Jesus says, pick up your cross. And then he says, come and follow me. Can you deny yourself? Because the faith is not about you, it's about me. Deny yourself, pick up the instrument of death that you need to die your will on and things on it need to die in your life. Now come and follow me. But God, get me out of the desert. Please hear me. The desert stinks sometimes, especially when you don't know why you're there. And guess what? You may not always know the why. Can you still praise your God when you're in the desert and you don't know why you're still there? Huh. Psalm 103, all that is within me. It's not based on circumstances. Worship is based on who our God is. Don't pray to get out of the desert yet. (laughs) Pray that you see God's will in the desert. Then the deliverance would come. Some of you know Psalm 22. This is where you're at. My God, I cry by day, but you don't answer. By night, yet I have no rest. You, some of you in this room today are experiencing that right there. You're sitting there going, I have been knocking and my knuckles are no longer bruised, Pastor Ryan. They're bloodied at heaven's door. And I'm knocking, and I'm knocking, and I'm not hearing an answer. And theologians call this the dark night of the soul. 
you're there. But please note this. You are not alone. He is there with you. There could be a reason why the Lord doesn't want to answer your prayer. Maybe he's sitting there going, that's your will, not mine. And I don't want that to come to pass. I'm probably, this is interesting, I'm probably very grateful for many unanswered prayers. Because I probably wouldn't like the result if I got my way. Whew, that's profound. Sit in that. But I don't like them. (laughs) It's the paradox. I like it, but I don't. This is why I want to encourage you. Please, I want to encourage you with everything I have inside of me. Come Wednesday night to our encounter night. 7 p.m. in this room. Here's what's beautiful about our encounter night. We purposely picked this date for a reason. You guys know what date this coming Wednesday is? Ash Wednesday, right? You know why you know it's Ash Wednesday? Because you know Fat Tuesday, right? That's why you know Ash Wednesday, right? You're going to go to Meyer, Walmart, and get your little poonchkis, right, and do your thing. Ash, we purposely chose Ash Wednesday to do our encounter night. For many of you that did not show up to our first one, listen, this room is in pitch black. All the lighting is just from the stage or it's candlelight. You will read scripture in candlelight. There will be moments, everything, there's not a word from any pastor. Everything is on the screen for you. All the movement is on the screen, when to come, when to sit, what everything's on the screen for us. This is going to be a night that you and I are going to enter into a very reflective repentance time. And guess what? Ash Wednesday kicks off the Lenten season, the 40 days prior to Jesus' resurrection, Easter. And we're kicking it off that way. I'm so excited. Please get registered because we know we have things for you that you'll come and grab and sit back and then you'll reflect on that thing. It's it's movement. It's awesome. So please, I I really encourage you. Seven o'clock, come out, seven o'clock. We're gonna teach you three things over the next three weeks about prayer. You guys that were here last week had this card sitting on your chair. If not, and you weren't here last week, we have more of these cards that are actually by these TV monitors on the stage as well as the the back um, right by our sound booth. There are a stack of these. On one side, it has the Lord's Prayer that we're going to recite together uh, in unison without a rebellious spirit, the same language, okay? On the back side, if you noticed this last week, you're like, what's inward, outward, upward, all that stuff? That is over the next three weeks how you and I are going to unpack a prayer life in the secret place. What does it look like? Today, I get the privilege of moving us to the inward part. But I want to state two simple statements of what prayer is before we move into inward. And then once we move into inward, you and I are actually going to practice that prayer together. And then we'll worship, we're going to do communion, then we close with a song. But I'm going to tell you briefly an idea of prayer. Before we look at inward, prayer, I, want, I love defining it this way. Prayer is an intimate, is a what? Is a intimate, ongoing, growing love relationship with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I love that. It is an intimate, ongoing, 
This is the problem where you and I use the language of, oh, we, we went to this, um, well, I just went to my prayer closet. I mean, those are wonderful moments, and these are your prayer closets in the secret place. But the problem when we use that language is this. We don't think prayer is a lifestyle, and we're always in communion with God. That we think there's only moments. Prayer is all the time. It's a lifestyle. It's an ongoing, growing love relationship with God the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. A week and a half, or a week and a half ago, a year and a half ago, we did a series on prayer. And we said this as a basic definition as well, that God has chosen to make prayer the path to his presence, his power, and his purpose. I don't know about you, but I want his presence in my life. Find the secret place and know you're coming under the covering of God and start praying to him. I I want to bathe in the presence of God. I want to know and experience his power and his purpose for my life. And prayer is how we get it. Prayer is not just you talking. If prayer is only you talking, then you have a monologue. You don't have prayer. Prayer is you talking and allowing God to talk while you listen. We're really good at this half, right? Oh, we're really, dude, I, I can tell God what's on my heart. I can tell God what I need. Amen. And to the schedule we have for the day. The art of prayer is a posture of listening. To actually listening to his voice. And here's the beauty. Here's the beauty, friends. The beauty is this. You want to know and understand God's will for you? Shut everything down Get in the secret place, spend time with him, and say, speak, Lord, your servant's listening, and zip it. And I'm going to stay here. And maybe it's a worship song that pops to your head, and you're just going to worship in it. But I want to hear your, your voice. And here's the issue. What is God's voice described in Scripture? Still, small, Voice. Still, small voice. How can we ever hear a still, small voice when we're running around all the time? We don't have time to settle down. I wonder if our running, we're missing burning bushes. I wonder if our running, God's actually been shouting the whole time in his still, small voice, but we're, we're too busy listening to all the other worldly voices. So let's look real quick. We're going to move. We're going to practice. We'll worship. Let's move. In, moving inward. That's the first top of, of that. There's blank lines if you want to take notes. That's why we gave you this card. Again, there's extras up. But this is an interior transformation. Uh-oh. What's that first word? One more time. Uh-oh. You and I are going to have to look and allow God to search the interior of our soul. You know the prayers you and I are really good at? You know this, right? Lord, you're great, you're good. Now, I need all this stuff, this would be great. Amen, and out we go. You know why we don't like these prayers? You know why? We're afraid what's inside. You and I already know inside, we just don't want it exposed because it's easier to stuff it and numb it than it is to expose it and transform it. That's the issue. Please hear my heart, moving forward, moving inward, not forward. I always want to move forward. Moving inward. It's not a dreadful thing. 
but as something of immeasurable strength and empowerment. There's something so awesome when you allow God to search the depths of your heart and ask him to transform it and come out more like the image of God. It is something awesome. So this is known as the prayer of examine. And no, it's not the most popular prayer, but it is a significant prayer, a prayer that you and I need to incorporate into our lives and into the secret place more and more. It will be Psalm 139 if you have your Bible and want to turn there. Psalm 139. But as you turn there, I want to comfort you by Psalm 51 as we turn there. I love the Psalms. If you want to know how to worship, read the book of Psalms. That is a book of honesty, a book of prayer, and a book of worship. It's the book of Psalm. We'll be at Psalm 139. But on the screen, I want to comfort you before we get there. King David just got caught in his affair with Bathsheba. Psalm 51 is his writing of the prophet Nathan that exposes his sin. And this is what he says, and this will set up 139 so well. Psalm 51, it reads this way. Um, Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion. Stop right there. You know what's so important about that? Is King David knows his God. He knows, God, you are abundant in compassion and you, are, you have faithful love. Question, do you know your God? Because if you know your God, you'll let him search the depths of your heart and you won't be that afraid because you know your God will meet you with compassion and truth and faithful love. And then King David says, blot out my rebellion. Then he says in verse two, completely wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. Moving a little bit, verse six. Surely do you desire integrity in the inner self? You teach me wisdom deep within. And that's what we're gonna look at. And then he says this. Create in me a clean heart. (laughs) That word create is the exact same Hebrew word in Genesis 1.1 where it says God created the heavens and the earth. The creation out of nothing. What What is David saying? Create in me something that has never been before. I'm a brand new creation. God created me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. Oh, I love this Psalms. You should read this one in 139. Read them. It'd be hard to memorize it unless you're really good at like super lengthy uh, scripture. But man, bathe yourself in it. And then he says this. This is where I wanted to get us to. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a what? It's a broken spirit. And then here's the key. You will not despise. God, you will not despise a broken and humbled spirit. When God reveals the things of your heart, that word despise means to trample upon. God will not trample upon you. He's there to meet with you. Psalm 139 is the prayer of examine, also known as the scrutiny of love. I love that word. Psalm 139, verse 23. Let's read it together, and then we're going to practice it and worship. Psalm 139 says this, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Keyboardist, will you come up and lay down pads for us here? We're going to practice this. And here's what I love about this prayer more than anything. 
Yes, it's a prayer of examine, but you have to have ears to listen. We are listening more than we are defending in this prayer. You know why? Left to our own devices, we will defend our sin. We will defend what's inside. You and I can be really good at justifying what's actually inside. It's, it's, Lord, if you only knew my neighbor, it's not quite as bad as them. I mean, if you know my spouse, it's not, I mean, it's pretty close to my spouse, but not quite as bad as what that sin that they struggle with. This is a prayer of listening. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there's any offensive way in me. God, I am turning my prayer inward for you to completely transform my heart, to bring to the surfaces of what's truly inside my soul. I'm inviting you here. Because moving inward is to bring us into deeper intimacy with him and conform us more into the image of Jesus Christ. We're going to practice this, but I love the story of Abba Joseph. Father Joseph had a guy come and meet with him. (laughs) And the guy came, he's like, man, I just don't know what else to do. I do it all. Is there really anything else in this faith? He says, I, I read my Bible. I come to church. I go to confession. I, I take the Eucharist, the communion. I pray. Like I do good deeds. Like seriously, Father Joseph, is there really anything else to this faith? Father Joseph looked at him. And he looked up into heaven. And he said, why not totally be changed into fire? The man was doing it all right. Yeah, you're doing the good things that will draw you more into the presence of God. But listen, the issue is you're not consumed with fire yet. The depths of your soul hasn't been completely surrendered where you are on fire for him. Thanks for listening to this message from Radiant Life Church. To get to know us better, check out the Radiant Life Church. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.